0: Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. I've got a question for you, and it's pretty astrological. It says, I always thought I was a happy-go-lucky Sagittarius who loved philosophy and travel. And whilst this is true, I studied philosophy and I'm writing this in Bali. Ooh! turns out that I'm super intense and scorpionic too. I have moon, Venus, Pluto in Scorpio, and Pluto fits around my chart, conjunctioning loads of planets too. I've had my chart read quite a bit and I'm like, how did no one tell me this? How do people see Moon and Venus in Scorpio with Pluto in the mix and not be like, so you're probably a bit obsessive and intense? Do you want to merge with your lovers? I bet you do. How do you choose what's important to tell clients, Jade? Now, Jade, I love this question. You didn't include your exact time of birth, which made me so sad. You told me you were born December 6th of 88 in London, England. Um and I used the birth time of noon because that is a convention that astrologers will do when we don't have a time of birth. We'll just throw in noon and, you know, I can't see your exact chart through this, but that's that's what we're working with. So, this is a really important question you're asking, and it doesn't have a singular answer. For me, how I choose what to tell people is I actually start with the most difficult thing (laughs) because I'm a good time. I start with the most difficult thing because I tend to find that it's the most useful to have an astrologer tell you about the things in your nature that you struggle with. Most people that I talk to have a hard time with confrontation and painful content. And when you're consulting an astrologer, you're consulting a person and talking about a pluto venus moon conjunction as as it sounds like you have and for this noon birth time you do have that is kind of a heavy thing to talk about it gets into either giving you difficult or bad news or Counseling you. There are a lot of things in your chart that would be difficult for somebody to talk about if they wanted to give you a lovely, fun experience. Now, I use astrology as a tool for counseling people, and I'm really interested in having real and often difficult conversations with people. And I'm really comfortable with staying emotionally and mentally present when people have pain or, you know, whatever. Comes up for them emotionally. But that's a, you know, it's not actually what an astrologer's job is. Astrologers are not counselors implicitly. There are some of us that work in that way. And I think those of us who work in that way are more likely to be able and willing to talk to you about the difficult stuff, right? And not the like, you're likely to walk into traffic on June 25th (laughs) kind of stuff, but the more of, yes, you are compulsive you are possessive. You have a really hard time letting go. And while you have a Sun-Mercury conjunction in Sagittarius, which would make you very optimistic and willing to explore the world and yourself, you have that that thing that that people of your generation have. You have Uranus, Saturn, and Neptune all in Capricorn sitting on top of each other. But your natal Mars, regardless of your time of birth, your natal Mars is squaring that, which gives you a real difficult relationship to anger and ambition so that you might find that you have limitless energy to do things that are kind of adjacent to what you want, but a harder time doing the things that you really want. And that Saturn-Uranus conjunction really gives you a struggle. And this is kind of like a generational thing between the drive for freedom and the drive for autonomy, the needs that you have for survival and the needs that you have around thriving and being spiritually whole. And because of the way that your chart is wired, Mars squaring all of those things, it just, it becomes very visceral for you. You may be somebody who's constantly going, 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 and then crashes because your body needs a break from time to time and learning how to relate to your ego and your ambition and even to anger and rage is an essential part of managing your obsessions as, as as kind of indicated by the scorpio stuff which brings me to another layer of my response to you which is synthesis and because you're a sagittarius you're you're probably somebody who knows how to think about and understand the concept of synthesis the downside risk with astrology is that people look at the parts. They look at, you know, Venus is in this and Saturn is in that, or they look at, you know, very isolated forms of synthesis. So just aspects, as an example, instead of synthesizing and bringing together the whole chart. And when we do this, when we only are looking at the parts, it becomes very difficult to talk about in a way that's really helpful. And so if people were just telling you about your parts and not telling you about the hard parts and not giving you a big picture read, then they were either beginners, you know, or relatively new to, to astrology because everybody starts somewhere and all astrologers that are in the first, I would say seven years of their practice, they're more likely to be giving you lots of details about the parts. That's just, it's just inevitable. That might be the case, or they might just not be counselors or they might not be good astrologers. I don't know. I don't know. But in terms of how we decide what to share, I think different astrologers have different approaches. I'm interested in astrology as a tool for self-empowerment and self-knowledge and self-reference. I want to help people help themselves. And so I like to start with the hard stuff. I don't think that's what everyone does. I would also say about what's important is what's useful what you can actually use. So I might have somebody come in for a reading and they will ask me about, I don't know, their love life. And what I might say to them now is different than what I would say in five years or I would have said five years previous. And I'm really lucky. I've been you know, working as a full-time astrologer for like almost 20 years now. I have had the privilege of working with some clients since the mid-90s, unbelievably. It's amazing. It's a long time. And because of that, I've had the chance to be able to talk about different people's birth charts with them in layers as they grow. And as they have new experiences with themselves and the world, I can talk about deepening layers and components of their birth chart, which is so exciting. It's so exciting. So if you yourself are studying to become an astrologer, I would say, or if you're practicing as an astrologer in your early, early years of practice, I would simply say, you don't need to give all the information at once. Most of the beginning astrologers do data dumps. It's not necessary. You want to give information that the client can actually use. And it is possible that if the astrologers who are reading for you, Jade, don't know how to interact with anger and don't know how to interact with conflict, then they wouldn't know how to frame this for you in a way that you can use. But that's a reflection on them because as I look at your chart, I can see that if you're willing to look at difficult things, you're amazing. You're like a mountain mover, you know? And when you're unwilling to look at things, yeah, you're pretty distracted and you want things to be lovely. Otherwise, you can really shut down. I would also say if you haven't re-listened to old astrology readings, it is possible I don't know. I really don't know. But it is possible that people said things to you that you weren't able to hear at the time. But if you re listen to the recording, you might be like, holy shit. Oh, wait, they did actually tell me that. Not in the exact words you used, which were actually technically very accurate about your chart, but they may have told you that in a way that they felt that you, you might be able to hear. And I've certainly, over the years, worked with lots of people who came back, you know, a year later, five years later, and told me that I'd said something to them that they weren't able to hear, but that it ended up either coming true or sitting with them different over the course of time. And they were able to sit with it and hear it at a different time that's just part of life. I mean, your best friend can be like, oh my God, you know, you do this thing and you're like, no, best friend, fuck you, not true. And then six months later, be like, you know what, I really do this thing. (laughs) You know, it's just part of being a person. It's just part of being a person. So be patient with your process is one part of this. If you do listen to an old recording and be like, oops, they actually did kind of say this to me. Be patient with your process. And then also, if you find that you're dealing with an astrologer who's just not telling you all the pieces, don't work with them again. Find someone else. I hope that you get to enjoy your chart and Bali and philosophy and all the other things of your life. Bye, friend. Welcome back to the Astrology Corner of Ghost of a Podcast. This week is a week where we have a full moon. We're going to be looking at the week of November 18th through the 24th of 2018. The big news this week is the full moon right on the 22nd. It's it's happening if you're in the US at the same time as Thanksgiving. This is actually a really big deal because we are living in a heightened political climate and so many people celebrate Thanksgiving in this country with their families. It's a time where talking about politics is kind of inevitable. I mean, it's kind of inevitable. Me personally, I didn't grow up in the U.S., although I live here now. I grew up in Canada, and I didn't grow up celebrating Thanksgiving because Canadian Thanksgiving falls around the Jewish high holidays. And so I would celebrate high holidays with family, and sometimes there would be a turkey. I'm not going to lie, but I don't remember it ever being like a thing outside of public school. But living in the U.S. for so many years, I have seen how really uh, loyal Americans are to this holiday of Thanksgiving that is intensely problematic. The political interpretation of Thanksgiving is the theme of gratitude. And it's the theme of recognizing the abundance and bounty that you have and sharing it with loved ones. And that's great. No downside there. I love it. However... That's not really the roots of the holiday. That's not actually what this holiday is. It's about, you know, a bunch of lies. I'm sorry if you don't think there' are lies. I mean, I'm sorry on like lots of levels, but there are a bunch a bunch of lies that we as a culture perpetuate about how like nice white people came to say thanks for for the land that you're willfully giving us, and you know everybody like broke bread and was super chilled together. That's the the general party line that we like to that we like to encourage. It's got really deep Christian roots to it. It's got really deep colonialist roots to it. It's really, it's it's a holiday of the joys of white supremacy and colonialization. And and it is it is annoying for lots of people to hear people like me talk about that when you're just like, and I want to eat cranberries and hang out with my family and not go to work and like watch sports. And you know what? That's, that's cool. You can enjoy all the things while also looking critically at the things and owning. I am choosing to engage with this in a like cultural way that works for me. And also, I can acknowledge that this holiday is really messed up. The colonizers that came to this land were violent they raped and murdered and they stole from the people that were indigenous to this land. And since then, and over the course of many hundreds of years, the indigenous people to this land have been robbed of their land and their languages and their sovereignty and so much else. But I'm really not an expert on this topic. And that's why I consulted my friend, Samuel White Swan Perkins. And I asked him, to give me a really good resource so that I could be more educated and so that I could be supportive to native tribes in California, where I live and throughout the country. And he gave me a really amazing resource. He sent me to IITC, org, the International Indian Treaty Council. And what this organization does is they represent indigenous people from North, Central, and South America, as well as the Caribbean and the Pacific, and they work for the sovereignty and self-determination of indigenous peoples and the recognition and protection of indigenous rights, treaties, traditional cultures, and sacred lands. You can donate money you can educate yourself, and you can find ways of being involved. And so check out this organization. If you're, certainly if you're celebrating Thanksgiving, this is a great organization to donate to as one possible way of honoring the complexity of this. You might not want to think about native rights. You might be like, you know what? I have a minute off of work. I have a minute with my family. I have a really good feeling about my rituals and my, my experience of this holiday. If one of your rituals is to be grateful, be grateful. That's a beautiful thing. But. Don't do it at the expense of looking at the truth. Don't do it at the expense of educating yourself about what this holiday is and what it means. Because again, we're in this place where we're meant to be looking at our shadow as a society as a country, as a culture. I want to reiterate this thing I've been talking about with Jupiter moving into Sagittarius as we now have it. The full moon is in Gemini. It's right at not even a full degree of Gemini, which means on this same day, the sun moves into Sagittarius. So now we have this really powerful full moon happening in Gemini in Sagittarius season while we have the planet Jupiter, the ruling planet to Sagittarius in Sagittarius. And this full moon chart. You know, it comes with a lot of stuff. It's got a full moon square to Mars, moon opposition to Jupiter, and a Mars square to Jupiter. So, what this kind of all boils down to is this might be a holiday where there's a lot of fighting. This might be a holiday where passions run high as what we care about comes forth out of our mouth, (laughs) much more impulsively, much more bluntly, much less finessed as we intend. This is a time where people are really feeling passionate and reactive. I am not going to tell you how to be around your family. I mean, I will if you write in a question uh, about you specifically, but I'm not going to tell you how to be around your family because I think for a lot of people, their feeling is... Well, I've been talking to my family about my political values for so long and it just doesn't work and it's just fighting. I can hear that and I can say that there's th- there's something really complicated about family where, you know, if you are the liberal in the room or you are the conservative in the room, then you kind of get branded that way. Just like <laughs> I don't know, if you were really messy as a kid, then you grow up and you're in your 40s and your family's still like, "Oh, you're a messy person," even if you're really meticulous now, right? We kind of we fall into patterns in family and that's And that's its own really tender and sensitive, complicated thing. But I do think that it's really important that we talk to people in our families and we listen to people in our families. And I do think that this full moon and this Thanksgiving is a really good time to not only yell from your soapbox, your opinion, as much as I I want everyone to be progressive and I want everybody to care about um, marginalized peoples. I, I don't think that Barking your opinions changes hearts and minds. But I do think listening facilitates conversation. And so if you can, my kind of hope and homework for you this holiday season is to not only share your opinions and perspective and not only try to educate people who you think need it, but also to ask earnest questions to your family members that you disagree with. Ask them what they think and how they came to their opinion. And really do two, do two things at once. If you can, one is track your emotional responses, especially the defensive ones and breathe through them because they are not just about whatever somebody is saying or not saying they're about your family stuff, right? And we all have family stuff. Even if we come from fantastic families. The other thing I want to encourage you to do is try to have a sense of empathy and understanding for your family member and for where they're coming from. If you can talk to them from a place of authentic empathy, then you're not fighting them. And maybe maybe ultimately you are fighting them and that's okay. You know, families fight, but being able to hold space for, all right, this is your life. This is your journey in life. These are your perspectives. And I can hear that. I don't understand how you came to that. Or I have come to something really different. Do you want to hear my perspective? If you can, if you're basically listening to someone and tracking what they're saying and thinking about points that you're going to make to prove them wrong, you're not really listening and you're going to get a defensive reaction out of whoever you're talking to. That's a rule. Okay. And so this is a great time to be open, if you can, to actually listening and to not make counterpoints, but instead to share your perspective. And to hold space that different people have different perspectives. I think that this is a really good strategy in general for family, in general for conflict, in general for this Jupiter and Sagittarius period, and specifically and certainly for this Thanksgiving period. Now, if you're not in the US and you're listening to this, I'm sorry I'm talking so much about Thanksgiving. I, you know, like I said, it's not a big deal to me personally. I'm not a big fan of it and don't have a big relationship to celebrating it, but we are really having to look at our shadow and how fucked up we've been. Not this year, but forever, really, forever. As we deal with our shadow, some people are really doing the healing work to look at themselves, to make changes. And everybody's healing work has a different trajectory and, you know, happens at its own pace. And then some people are simply reacting defensively. And I think that this is a really powerful time globally to be able to look at your own defenses and to be mindful about them. This particular full moon, regardless of where you are in the world, because of Mars's involvement and Jupiter's involvement, it's going to bring up a lot of defensiveness and it's going to uh, make you kind of inclined to react quickly and sharply. So my advice to you is this, breathe, first of all, just breathe. If you can, do some sort of physical activity as a way to um, manage and care for your own responses. If you can, Bring intention to: Do I want to fight, or do I want to actually understand and and have somebody else understand me? Because those two things take really different approaches. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes you got to throw down. Sometimes it's time to fight. I'm not against anger. I'm, I'm pretty pro anger because I think it's a healthy human emotion when used creatively. But you want to make sure that you're not just reacting and barfing your rage or your anger or your response onto someone else. Mars square to Jupiter absolutely can bring up compulsiveness. And so this is not a great time for dieting. It's not a great time for like managing your drinking. And that doesn't mean you can't do those things. It just means it's not going to be organic. You're going to have to bring intention to it. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. The thing that's really lovely about this full moon in Gemini is that the potential here is for us to be collaborative. It's for us to be kind of stronger together. And that requires talking to people and listening to people and sharing. The final word I'll say about this, and this is all wrapped up in in so many kind of transits and not just this full moon. Sagittarius is the sign that loves to put its foot as firmly in its mouth as possible. It's just what it does, friends. It's just what it does. It's okay To formulate your thoughts before you speak them. Now, let us not forget, my friends, that Mercury is in fact retrograde. Venus is direct, that Venus direct is okay, everybody can breathe and sigh, sigh of relief, sigh of relief. But the same day that Venus uh, went direct, Mercury went retrograde on the 16th. So here we are, Mercury in Sagittarius, retrograde. It's just a time where you may feel inclined to speak before you think. And it's a great time to be willing to change your mind. It's a great time to reflect, but it's not an easy time necessarily to do that because of all this fire energy. Now on the 19th, we have a Mars square to Jupiter. That's when that particular transit is exact. Um, It is a much wider transit in the, the full moon chart that I referred to. This is a really impulsive and irritable transit. And it's really good for creating reform, for getting things done, for tackling big projects. It's not so good for maybe common sense. Sorry, sorry for saying it that way. But you know, if you're gonna do things and you wanna do them quickly and you wanna do them well, then this energy is great as long as it doesn't take a lot of attention to detail because not only is a Mars square to Jupiter not great for tending to detail, but also... Mercury retrograde is not great for tending to detail. And so the whole thrust of this week kind of brings me to this, this add-on advice I want to give you. The reason why people freak out about Mercury retrograde is because there's misunderstandings and miscommunications. That's all. It's not a small thing, but it kind of is a small thing. If you're willing to be flexible around it, it's not that massive of a deal. I mean, personally, me, I'm going to be traveling during this Mercury retrograde and that's annoying because there's always like misconnections, lost luggage, you know, running to a gate and it's the wrong gate. That kind of stuff happens during Mercury retrograde. But if you plan for it, it's annoying without being life-earning, right? So just plan or annoyances. You don't need to freak out. It's not a doomsday event. Any astrologer who tells you it's a doomsday event is, well, maybe they know something I don't know, or more likely they're just giving you fun clickbait. And it might really bug the shit out of you, this Mercury retrograde, but that doesn't mean it's terrible. It doesn't mean it's awful. We have choice. We have choice around how we're going to react. And so if you can choose to react with intention, if you can choose to look at the events of your life, look at even your own emotions and think, okay, there's my reaction. There's my my immediate knee-jerk reaction. And then there's my intention. How do I choose to respond? That's where things get good. That's where you get to learn and grow. You know, the reason why full moons are such a big deal is because, they happen and they bring up all these emotions that you've been trying to push down. They force us to kind of harvest, right? They They force us to take stock of what we've been cultivating and to be here for it. Emotions are something a lot of people repress. We like to push down our feelings. We like to prioritize our, our drives over our feels. And full moons are when that doesn't work. Your feelings just come up and they demand attention. And so again, if you compare intention and a willingness to think, how do I want to respond to this? I know what my reaction is, but how do I want to actually respond to this? You can do this. And in doing this, the next full moon and then the next full moon and then the next full moon get easier and better. So, that's my little that's my little horoscope for you here in the astrology corner this week. If you like this podcast, which I really hope you do because I I certainly love it. You know, you can follow me on all the platforms, the social media platforms, you can go to my website, subscribe to my weekly horoscope which has different astrology information. You can become a supporter of this podcast on Patreon, which I'm at Jessica Lignato on Patreon. There, there I am. I'm there. Um, I, I appreciate, of course, your support. And please star and rate on iTunes or wherever else you're listening to this podcast from. Do the things, my friends, do the things. It really helps me. It makes me makes me joyful. And also, it's nice to hear from you. It's just nice to hear from you. All right, my loves, I will look forward to speaking to you next week if you are celebrating Thanksgiving. You know, I hope you have a lovely time. I love cranberries. So if you're eating cranberries, think of me. I love you guys. Bye. Every year they say the end is near. But we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.